0: pick up those 3D6 and don't you dare ask about point buys it's the red dice diaries rpg podcast with John and Anna hi and in this episode we're going to be talking about some of the pros and cons of hex crawl or player led play Right, so to kick this episode off, I'm pretty familiar with hex crawls, but Hannah, what do you understand it to mean
1: when I say hex crawl in terms of like role playing? So, hex obviously hexagons. Yeah. Crawl implies something like a dungeon crawl. Yeah. yeah. Now, since I've seen these hex crawl maps being like quite a big map, I'm assuming that that refers to crawling across the hexagons on that map.
0: Yeah absolutely right now essentially what a hex crawl is, is as you were saying you will have like a basic terrain map of the world the area whatever and it will be covered with hexagons much in the, o- the old school days, I mean, hex crawls have been around since like first edition d d Each hex would have a number on it so the GM could refer to that number. The idea of a hex crawl campaign is you're not sort of told like this is your quest, this is what you're doing. The idea is you plonk down on the map, you explore the map, you find things on the map like dungeons, lairs, treasures, lost cities, stuff like that. You explore them as a group and you do your normal dungeon crawly and stuff like that based on that okay so what i've done is i've listed a few pros and cons for hex crawls now let me start by saying i'm a big fan of hex crawls myself i love them but i do appreciate they're not entirely without their issues for some Mm -hmm. people so to start off Let's let's start off with the cons for some of the difficulties. Then we can end on a nice positive note. So one of the the cons of a hex crawl is there's no often there's no clearly defined goal beyond exploration. So if you start off an adventure and you're you're given the mission to go and kill the evil necromancer, you have a goal. You point yourself in that direction, and everything you do normally is sort of moving you towards that goal. Whereas in a hex crawl, beyond explore the map find cool new stuff there isn't any sort of clearly defined goal and this leads me into my second con which is The players really have to motivate themselves so if you're in a dungeon you don't really have to come up with motivations and reasons to do things because you're like we're in a dungeon the aim is to get through to it kill the bad guy get the treasure get the xp whatever and get out alive whereas in a hex crawl you have to find reasons for your character to want to explore to want to reveal this map because later on you might develop plots so you might have like a bandit who steals something off you and gets away and you're like yeah we're going to get revenge on him but at the start, your motivation is literally, I'm going to go and see what's out there. But you have to have like an in-character rationale and want to get out there and explore, otherwise the game doesn't give you anything. The From a GM perspective, one of the other cons is that it can be difficult to map and um, plan as the map expands. Because at the start, normally like you start hex with like a village or a settlement or somewhere you're safe, like a home base. And you might detail out, like, three or four hexes around that. Now, that's easy to do for the GM. You create a few random encounter tables. You maybe drop a couple of, like, dungeons in. However, as the map's uncovered, the number of hexes available exponentially increases. And it becomes very difficult as a GM to have stuff planned for each potential hex. Now, there'll be some hexes that don't have a great deal of interest in them. But if you want people to go there you've got to make sure there's interesting stuff out there to like make it worth exploring so if you've got i don't know let's say the next time they expand the map you've got like an extra 30 hexes and you have no idea of knowing which way they're going to go it's very difficult to come up with an adventure to like fill each of those thirty hexes. Now there are ways you can do it. I mean, obviously you can have random tables, you can have random dungeon generators, you can have stuff like that. Or if you're more comfortable with like doing stuff on the fly, you can just sort of roll with it and make notes so that you can keep it consistent afterwards. And as you start developing it, you will come up with like links between things. So let's say you have an area that's a swamp, and you get a random encounter where there's some lizard man. Then you have another hex next to it, which is like a hilly terrain, sort of marshy terrain. And you see there's a goblin tribe there. You might go, oh, lizard folk and goblins. Maybe there's a bit of like a a war going on between the lizard folk. And you can expand on it like that. But until you've sort of got the, the comfort level with doing that, or you're comfortable enough with being sort of ad hoc it can be a little daunting to prepare for one of these games. Now, the last thing I've got down for cons, which I've also put as a pro as well, because it depends on your view, is that it emphasises random charts and randomness, as I've just been talking about, because there's a lot of things that can be determined randomly, like the weather,
1: mm-hmm.
0: whether the, a lot of hex crawls, they determine randomly what the terrain is when you move into a new hex, whether there's an encounter there, what the notable features are of a hex. And if you like randomization, like I love a random chart, me, that's absolutely great, and you will have no problems with that. If you're a more sort of structured GM, or you prefer there to be less randomness, you've either got to plan out more stuff in the hexes, or you're going to find a hex crawl very difficult to run because part of the reason that people tend to use these random charts is just because planning out everything like deliberately is an awful lot of work and that's not the only reason they use random charts i mean a lot of people like myself like a bit of randomness it keeps it a bit spicy for the gm but if you're not in that way inclined you can be setting yourself up for an awful lot of work if you're running a hex crawl because you'll have to populate the map and everything in advance
1: So you've mentioned the map expanding a couple of times. What circumstances lead to that happening? Okay. Say my players, day one, hex number one is the tavern and they just stay there. Yeah. Now,
0: your hex wouldn't tend to be the... I see what you're saying, but the hex wouldn't tend to be a tavern, it tend to be a town, because it's not like a sort of world-scale map. However, what I say when I mean expanding the map is, in some cases, you will have like all the rough terrain drawn out on the map, Mm. but beyond that, you won't know what's in the hex, so you might go up to the north as a forest hex, but it's only when you go into that hex, using whatever travel rules your game uses, that the ref or roll or will have determined what's in there. And you might be like, oh, as you're exploring this forest, you find a mysterious stone um, circle. Or there's, some, there's a bandit encampment in the woods. And you don't know about that until you get there. That's part of the whole so idea of hex crawls, exploring these hexes. Now, some games take that to a bit of an extreme, where you won't see all the surrounding terrain. You'll literally just see the hex you're in. And the GM might say, oh, yeah, there's some mountains off to the north and there's this or the other. And you literally only find out the terrain and stuff when you move to it. Now, if you move to a hex, because obviously normally you can see... They're, they're one of the sort of standard measures for hexes it tends to be like sort of six miles-ish per hex that you travel. Now, obviously, you I think that's because you can see about three miles of the terrain's flat, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Now... What most refs will tend to do is if you move into a hex, they'll tell you like everything what's in that hex or you can explore it, but then it will reveal the hexes around it. Because if you're sort of, especially if you're on like raised like mountains or hills, you'd be able to look over and go, oh, there's a forest there to the east. Mm -hmm. So the ref might go, oh, there's these hexes, and they roll for them, but they won't tell you what's in them until you go and explore them. So that's what I mean when I say the map's being revealed. The players are exploring it and they're finding out more what's on it, and either they or the GM may like put some notes on the maps like stone circle here goblin lair here that sort of thing so that's what I mean by that okay Right, so I'm going to move on to some of the pros or positive points for hex crawls. As far as I'm concerned, the first is that it's exploration heavy. Now, that may not be to everyone's taste, but we often hear sort of like old school d d games being criticised because they're they're just about monster killing and grabbing treasure and stuff like that. Whereas the default assumption of the hex crawl is, yeah, of course you still kill monsters, you still get treasure and XP and whatever. It's d d of course you well, do, yeah. but the default sort of reward for is for exploring the map. And some some games will sort of grant XP when you discover new areas or strange things. So it's an extra sort of facet of the game as far as I'm concerned. And it also leads into one of the things I love, which we talked about when we did our, our um, Hex Flower for the, the Bar and Broilers. I like mm-hmm. these little mini-games mm-hmm. that you sort of have, certainly that within older D&D. Yeah, and the, Travel is a little mini-game in the Hex Crawl because you'll have like your rations or whatever your food supplies and as you're moving around the hexes they will be ticking down so you'll have like, a little mini game where it might be like oh you get if you want to hunt to try and like get enough food for you to live on you have to roll a d6 if you get a one to su- one you've succeeded but it might be like if you're a ranger or you're a druid you get a slightly increased chance um whoever's leading the party if they say oh, right, i want to go from hex here to this hex here whoever's like your sort of your cartographer or whatever your wayfinder that'll roll a dice to see if they get lost and it's normally a small chance you know like one in six but like weather conditions might sort of raise or lower that so if you get lost you might find yourself moving in a random direction into a different hex and find something you weren't expecting and obviously you've got to like keep your hirelings under control if you've got loads of stuff you've got to have carts to transport it and it brings in a lot more sort of like logistical thinking but not because you know i'm not a big fan of the whole sort of like scanning through like reams of equipment Mm -hmm. and stuff like that but i quite like the way it's handled in terms of a little mini game because it basically comes down to rolling a few d6s just to give you a bit of a flavor of it so you don't normally get into like vast amounts of detail but it encourages like just the sort of right amount of bookkeeping i'm comfortable with yeah so so you know for instance every time you move a hex every time you travel six miles or whatever let's say and i know know some of you out there are going to shout oh no you can travel 24 miles in a day in like DD or whatever but yeah i'm just sort of going on these standard figures so if you knew in a game that every hex you moved every six miles you travel you're going to take one of your uh rations and you're like oh I'm travelling from there to there so I know that's like 30 miles you go alright well we're gonna need 30 rations that's just for one person all right we're gonna need 30 rations for everybody all right well that's quite a lot to carry so right, we're gonna need some hirelings but if we hire some hirelings they'll need rations mm-hmm. or we need a cart but if we if we hire a cart and we have horses they need rations and so on and so forth. So it gives you like an extra bit of thing to think about. But it's not stuff that's going to like slow you down for hours and hours.
1: So this isn't for any specific system. This is something you could put over any
0: system. Yeah, I mean, most systems you could do a hex crawl with. I mean, they tend to be associated with older D&D and stuff like that. Because hex crawls were like, quite big when D&D... Sort of, not when it first first came out, but sort of, like, they were a pretty early on sort of thing although they sort of they fell out of fashion for a bit you know as more story-led sort of Mm -hmm. um, campaigns and stuff like that started to come in but when the when the whole osr thing sort of blew up and not people getting interested in playing the old games again hex crawling's made a bit of a comeback and i think uh, again to highlight another positive point i think one of the reasons for that is that there's a minimal initial setup required for a hex crawl Like if you're starting with just like a few hexes showing on your map what do you need really you need to know about the little home base and maybe three hexes around it so that's max like three adventures which you can easily drop pre-published adventures in you can have a random encounter table which will cover you for the rest of the stuff so and especially if you're running like D&D which has some hard-baked setting assumptions in it you don't really need a lot of prep if you say oh yeah we're playing in, like a standard D&D style world Great D&D characters. Right, we're playing a hex crawl. You're starting off in generic Townburg. And there's a forest there. There's some hills there and some plains there. Here's a few rumours you've heard. Go at it. Cool. And if you've got players who are willing to sort of grab hold of that and go, Oh, I wonder I wonder what's going on with those caves we've heard about up the north, or oh yeah, we could go and explore the forest. There's rumours of like giant spiders and whatever. If you've got players who will jump on it like that, mm-hmm. hex crawls are great because you just have to like come up with a few things at the start, throw them in at the deep end, let the game unravel as it will. But as I say, that can lead to it getting a little bit more complex and a little bit more sort of prep heavy later on. But certainly at the start the initial setup requirement is fairly minimal. And it's also another pro is it's easy to slot prepared modules
1: mm-hmm. and stuff
0: like that in. So if I go, oh yeah you you've heard a rumour there's some mysterious caves to the north and they explore this hex and they find some caves. How many like DD adventures are there with like caves in and dungeons? I could easily as long as I've not been too detailed, I can easily pick any of them and all I've got to make a note on in my little sort of GM version of the map is in this hex is this adventure they go to that hex i pull out that adventure and its map run it through now if they've been to this hex already which is another thing i love about hex crawls is the fact that you when you're running a sort of a slightly more linear sort of quest based you tend to do one quest that quest is done onto the next whereas in a hex crawl you go and like clear out a cave full of like goblins and then like three months down the line you go back to it there might be other monsters that have moved in there there might be other stuff going on there now there's again there's random tables you can use for this the gm could just decide like oh i'll make a I'll make a wandering monster check if i get something yes yeah, something else has colonized the the caves i'll roll it dice, see what it is or they could plan something out whatever they want to do but it encourages people to like go back to places and if you if you sort of discover other towns and other settlements you can really sort of build up a sense of a world that's sort of ticking by when the players aren't there, but that they can always sort of drop in on and sort of visit, which gives it a bit of that sort of, uh, not realism, you know, I like mean, that verisimilitude of the setting where it feels like a three-dimensional setting. The final uh, positive point I want to bring up for Hex Crawls is that it has a built-in structure. Mm-hmm. Now, th- if you if you don't like that structure, that might be a bit of a problem, but the fact is, if you're doing like a slightly more narrative game or some a different format of game you might have to do more work coming up with the structure and sort of setting it in place, letting the players know what it is, what's expected of them in the game. Whereas most people who are familiar with D&D will have at least heard of Hexcrawls. I mean, as you say, you're not very familiar with them, love, mm-hmm. but you pretty much nailed the essentials of it at the start of this episode. Mm-hmm. And once someone goes like, yeah, you're absolutely right, and the aim of this game is explore the map, find interesting things, that structure's already in place so you don't have to wonder what your goal is it's to explore now as we said when we're talking about cons that can also be a bit of a problem because beyond exploration there's often not clear goals and you need a party of players who are capable of motivating themselves and really throwing themselves into the exploration mode if you go oh there's the map how about and your players are like oh no i'm not not really sure what to do Um, well come in like stay in the tavern a bit and in um, generic Tamburg and whatever, then the game is not going to go anywhere because the hex crawl doesn't push you to do anything like um, a more sort of linear, like, quest-based sort of adventure
1: might. It strikes me that if you had, like, friendly NPCs in many of the hexes yeah that would be quite a good way to motivate players you know we we did that whole thing about bars and barmen and the tavern yep and ways to get an adventure into the tavern you've got a couple of npcs that they're friendly with that like bring them missions yeah and that's absolutely right. the sort of thing that would be really good for the like adventurers for hire sort of yeah group setup a- a- absolutely yeah. and um on the on the
0: blog of the Alexandrian, which I very much enjoy reading, he talks a lot about hex crawls on there. I'll put a link in the description. He's talking about one of his campaigns that he's running. Although it's a very old post, where he's saying that the the adventurers were hired and they were given sort of like bounties for like discovering new places and new resources and stuff like that. So yeah, you can easily give them a bit of a push. But at the end of the day, that's all it is, a little bit of a push. Once you give them that push, they've then got to run with it. Otherwise, if they're just sort of like, oh, we know that wizard said we're going to explore, but uh, I'm not really sure about it. The game won't really do anything for them. You you, you get you basically you get like any game, you get out as much as you put it in, basically, Mm -hmm. is what it comes down to. So I think that's it for this episode on Hex Crawls. If anyone out there has any comments or suggestions regarding Hex Crawls or you'd like to see me warble on some more about them, then you can drop us a voicemail message using SpeakPipe. There's a link in the description. Or you can send us an email to rddrpgpodcast at gmail.com. Until we see you next time, take care, stay safe, and keep
1: gaming. Bye.